welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. Celebrate God for those testimonials. And let's thank God for the ones that were not shared. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. If God has been good in your life. I've been experiencing a lot of God's show, but you know, they show up in my messages. So only some of them will show up in today's message. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm excited um, to share with you today. Uh, so I want to repeat wh- what the word that God gave us for this year, and then I'm going to continue from there. Once again, uh, the Lord spoke to us that this year is a year of his show. So he's going to show us his hand. He's going to show us his hand. So, uh, and the scripture for it, very easy to remember, it's year 2020. Our scripture for the year is John chapter 20, verse 20. So let's show it. Uh, it said, after he said this, he showed them his hands. And he sighed and sighed. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. So he showed them something, then they saw, and joy ensued from it. So God says, We're going to experience his show. We're going to see his show. And we're going to be overjoyed. Amen. I say, You will see. God's show. You will experience his show. And as a result, this year is going to be full of joy for you. I want a very strong, muscular amen. I want amens that go to the gym. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. The next uh, passage is 2 Corinthians 16 verse 9. Second Corinthians 6, sorry, Second Chronicles 16, verse 9. And it says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the old earth. So that includes Chicago. That includes the City Light Church. And anywhere you walk, anywhere you live. So the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. You should be encouraged by that, that. Even when you are sleeping, God's eyes are throughout the whole earth because he never sleeps nor slumbers. Even there are some things that concern you now that your own eyes can't see, but his eyes can see it. There are issues that concern you that are in other nations, family members, business dealings, ministry concerns, and children. They are in school. Your eyes are not there when they are in school. But the eyes of the Lord are there. I want you to be assured that this is the eyes of the Lord are always over you. And the eyes of the Lord are always over everything that concerns you. Amen. So the eyes of the Lord run throughout the whole earth. So nowhere excluded. Throughout the whole earth. To show himself strong. So the reason why his eyes are going to and fro, it's not to find people that he can cut down. Oh, to see that he can catch you doing something that is wrong and all that as God has been portrayed. He said the reason why his, his eyes are running to and fro throughout the whole earth is so that he can show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal towards him. So this year, God is showing himself strong on your behalf. said his strength is made perfect in your weakness. So in the areas that you are weak, God is going to show himself strong on your behalf. Hallelujah. I'm expecting that. He's going to show, like my wife was preaching, God is going to show himself strong regarding your debts. Regarding your school loan, God is going to show himself strong. Regarding your mortgage, God is going to show himself strong. Regarding those credit card debts that have, that have, you know, 
you know, plagued you for a long time and you are troubled about it. I said, God is going to show himself strong on your behalf. In your bodies, God is going to show himself strong on your behalf. You are going to live in strength throughout this year. No sickness is permitted in your life. Concerning your children, God is going to show himself strong on your behalf. Concerning your callings, God is going to show himself strong on your behalf. You are going to see God's strength displayed on your behalf. You might be weak in me, but God is not weak. God is strong. So maybe right now you came into this place today or you are watching me and there's something that is on your mind. It seems so big. It seems so, you know, so just something that you feel that this is going to take some pushing, some heavy pushing. Some, you know, it's going to take some heavy pulling to get it done. I'm here to announce to you that the God that you serve has given you a promise that he's going to do all the heavy pushing for you this year. All the heavy pushing for you this year. This is not a year of stress for you. This is a year of rest for you. This is a year of victory for you. This is a year where you are going to see God running ahead of you, doing bigger than you have ever imagined, going faster than you have ever imagined. The blessing will come upon you and overtake you. You know, there's, you know, there's one thing about having the blessing, right? You know, the blessing, you know, there's goodness and mercy shall follow you. Do you get what I'm saying? Then there is being, you know, having the blessing. But there's another realm where the blessing overtakes you. That's what Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 2 was saying. He said, if you shall hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, to observe and to keep all the commandments that he commands you this day, then he said, this is what is going to happen. The Lord your God will set you on high. Somebody is going to be elevated this year. There's elevation taking place in your life this year. You are not going to be at the same level by December 2020. By December 2020, your salary is more, your business is more, your calling is more, your spiritual life is more, your ministry is more, your family is more. You are set on high. Above all the nations of the earth, then verse 2 says, and these blessings, verse 2, shall what? Come upon you and what? Overtake you. So one thing is for it to come upon you. The other thing is for it to overtake you. Before you got to work, the blessing is already waiting for you. I'm saying that before you get home today, there's a blessing that has already overtaken you, waiting for you. Before you enter into the rest of this week, there's a blessing that has overtaken you. You are going to get into this week, whatever you do, and you are going to see blessings every day, every day ahead of you before you got there. The favor is already waiting. It's already waiting for you. God shows everywhere. Everywhere. God shows everywhere. That's the promise of God to us. And I want you to believe it. So every day, you are walking in the blessing. You are walking into blessings. You are walking into divine manifestations. Amen. Now, you will notice that in the two passages um, that we read about God's promises for us for this year, the first one says, He showed them His hands. Let's go back to John 20 20. He showed them His hands and sighed. Let's talk about his hands. First of all, the book of First Peter chapter five, chapter five, verse five, says something about God's hands. First Peter five, and verse five. Well, I want to show you something very quickly. It says, "In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders, and all of you." Dress yourself in what? In humility. As you relate to one another. For God does what? Opposes the proud. But he gives grace to the humble. Verse 6. Verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves. Under what? what? Now, this passage is telling us that to experience the hand of God, there is a disposition that you must have. And it's a disposition of humility. 
disposition of humility. Now, the second promise, I'm going to talk a lot more about humility today. Uh, the title of my message today is Go Low for the God Show. Go Low for what? For the God Show. The next promise says, he will show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are what? Loyal towards him. He's talking about a place of heart. So he's still talking about that humility place. That the people that God is going to show himself strong on behalf of are not the high and mighty. The ones who feel that I can do everything by myself. I don't need God. I don't need anybody. There are people who are lowly in their hearts. Who are humble. So, I want you to know that one of the key things that you need to do, as I've been talking, talking about priests, you know, positioning yourself for the God show this year, and I'm rounding that up, you know, for the month of January, the Spirit of God says you need to talk about this. One of those key positioning um, requirements for the God show is the attitude of humility. The attitude of humility. So, Let's, I'm going to spend the time that I have today to just to explain humility through the story of somebody who experienced a God show. How God taught somebody humility. It's an interesting so, story. Amen. So we're going to be looking at the text. Uh, our main text for today is taken from the book of Isaiah chapter 6 from verse 1 to 4. I want to quickly read it. Isaiah 6 from verse 1 to 4 and then I will, I will just quickly Share, about, share five things with you um, about going low to experience the God show. Amen. He said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. The same way, this year, just like Isaiah saw the Lord, in the year Uzziah died, you will see the Lord. Amen. You will see the Lord. So that was a year that marked Isaiah's mind. It's like that year, that year, I remember that year, that year that King Uzziah died was when I saw the Lord. Now we're going to see the significance of King Uzziah in a moment, but let's, let's read our, our, our text. For, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each having six wings, with two, he covered his face, and with two, he covered his feet, and with two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. Verse 5. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the people of a people of, in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Verse six. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having his hand in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. And then we will, we will talk about the rest before. But I think that gives us a very good precursor to what we're going to be talking about today. So let's take it one by one. The first point I want to mention today about this life of humility for the God show, I call it go low by looking outward. So we're talking about vision, like how vision, how what you see, the place you look can help you get to the position of humility so that you can actually see what God is about to do. So I want to first of all talk about go low by looking what? Now, the passage there is in the year that King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord. 
So now you know the Bible never includes anything that is insignificant. So sometimes those things are hidden, but you need to study it. Now some people have preached this and say, if, you know, for you to say the Lord, your Uzziah must die. Well, maybe. And that Uzziah might be your enemy. Might be, you know. That's not what I'm talking about here. But there's something about um, this word that actually leads to what we're going to be talking about today. So it takes us understanding who was King Uzziah. That's the first thing. I said this year in my preaching and teaching, I'm going to do some. I'm going to make sure that in my teaching and preaching, though they are practical, you're going to do some Bible study. Amen. <laughs> what I mean that you're going to go into some stories, and I've been doing that since the beginning of this year. Because some of you, you know, you say, "Who's Uzziah?" Hmm. You ask the person that uh, sings with uh, Usher. I'm just joking. Amen. I'm not. We have different backgrounds, amen? <laughs> That's fine. So, who was Uzziah? The story of Uzziah is in 2 Chronicles chapter 28. Please, can you go there for me? 2 Chronicles 28 from verse 3. When you read the story, you will know why that year meant something to Isaiah. Meant something to Isaiah. Now, first, first of all, understand the background of Isaiah. From Isaiah chapter 1 to Isaiah chapter 5, Isaiah was focusing on Israel. And one of his major words that he used was, Woe! Woe to you, O Israel! Woe! You bad people! Woe! Woe! Woe, 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 woe! Now, he was a prophet, right? <laughs> but he was a prophet who had some level of Holier than thou. Like, whoa! Whoa! Until he, conf- he got to see God and then he saw his own woe. <laughs> then he turned to himself and said, Woe is me. It's not just. <laughs> it's not just. <laughs> he's read that he's woe. He had spent five chapters. Go read it. Five chapters wooing everybody. But in chapter six, he had to woe himself. And then something happened to him afterwards that launched the Isaiah that we study about, that saw the vision of Jesus and saw all those things. That is, that is going to happen to us in the name of Jesus. So, are you the second chronicles? So, there was this king called Uzziah. Uzziah became a king at the age of 16. And then he reigned for 52 years. When you have been reigning for 52 years... That's a, that's a serious thing. You are king for life. I mean, you are just, I know you're a big guy, right? 52 years <laughs> from 16. But remember, when he started, when he first started, he started very well. Because as a 16-year-old boy, he had a mentor. And that mentor was called Zechariah, I think. Or Let's see. Second Chronicles 20. Is that 26? <laughs> Not 28, 26. Thank you. 26. Yes. Ah. I'm like, am I seeing double? <laughs> 26. So Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. And he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jeolia of Jerusalem. So, I mean, this royal guy. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. So good heritage, right? Mom and dad. He sought God in the days of what? Zechariah. Who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. prosper. So when in the days of Zechariah, this guy was being guided and he was seeking the Lord. So he has some respect. So when you seek the Lord, what happens? God begins to raise you up. So look at it. Begin to prosper. Look at his prosperity. You know, I, I did something in my notes. First of all, it started from piety. You call this piety. I like, you know, P, 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 P. So it started from what? Piety. Then from piety, go to the next verse. He moved to prosperity. Next verse, verse 6. Verse 6. He moved to prosperity. He went 
Then he went out and made war against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, the wall of Japheth, and the wall of Ashdod. And he built cities around Ashdod and among the Philistines. Verse 7 also. Verse 7. Verse 7. Keep going. Keep going. Walk with me. God helped him against the Philistines, against the Arabians who lived in Gabal, and against the Melonites. And also the Hamorites brought tribute to Uzziah. His frame spread as far as the entrance of Egypt, for he became exceedingly strong. So he, had pro- so he moved from piety to prosperity to power and to popularity. So he became a very popular king. When you become popular, when you become powerful, that's one of the most dangerous moments. People think, you know, lack of success is dangerous. People who are successful tell you that success is more dangerous than lack of success. Some of you in this place, if God gave you a million dollars, they will not see you in church again. (laughs) The only reason why you are in church right now is because you are trusting God. (laughs) Some of you will have five wives if God gave you a million dollars. Oh God, God looks at you and says, hmm, if I give this person this one, I might not be in church. Let me just have him in church. <laughs> Can you handle success? <laughs> Can you handle success? <laughs> it became, you see, one of the most dangerous moments in your life is when you have great victories. So it's one of the toughest moments. When you become victorious, when you're back, when you're winning the battles, when your ministry is strong, hey, when things are going great. So then the descent, look at what happened. The next verse, verse 9, verse 9. Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate and the valley gate and at the corner buttress of the wall. Then he fortified them. Also, he built towers in the desert. He dug many wells, for he had much livestock, both in the lowlands and the plains. He also had farmers and wine dressers in the mountains, in Carmel, for he loved the soil. Moreover, Uzziah had an army of fighting men. You see power, you see all those who went out to war by companies, according to the number of their roles. As appeared by Jael, the scribe, and Mazari, the officer, under the hand of Hananiah, one of the king's captains. The total number of chief officers and the management were 2,600. Prosperity, lot of real estate, lot of money, good cars, great stuff. God is the one that gave it to him. There's nothing wrong with it. God is the one that made him to prosper. This guy was experiencing a God show. Verse 14. Verse 14. Then Uzziah prepared for them the entire army, shields, spears. You know, he built so many things. He was a, I mean, he was a powerful king. Go to verse 15. Let's see what begins to happen. He made devices. You know, they look at it. He said, for he was invented, invented by skillful men. He was a great inventor, too. You know, to shoot down arrows and all that. He said, he was marvelously helped. And he became strong. So God gives inventions. God gives ideas. God, you know, does all those things. He became very strong. Be careful. He said, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up. Go low for the God show. His heart was lifted up to his destruction. For he transgressed against the Lord, his God. By entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense. So the first mistake he made because of his strength is what is called intrusion. Intrusion is when you, be, you feel you are so powerful and that God has raised you up so strongly that there are no limits to the boundaries of your authority. Now you don't know that God has levels of authority and different assignments for different people. And you say, you know, how come he's the only one that can do that? I can also do that. You mean the priest are the only one that can enter the temple and go and do that? I am the king, king. I'm the king of this whole Jerusalem. All the priests are under me. I'm going to do what the kings, what the priests are doing. I want you to know this year. You need to know your place. Know your place. Whatever you are not graced for, you'll be disgraced when you do it. You need to know your place. If you're a business person, focus on your business. 
if you are a dream team leader, be a dream team leader. Know that they are pastors. If you're an associate pastor, know that's where you are. Amen. Everyone should know their places. Don't intrude because you are not graced for that place. If God wanted you to put it, if God put you in that place, he will give you the grace for it. But if he has not put you in that place, you cannot see. You cannot understand. You cannot get what whoever is in that place is seeing. Also, when it comes to the home, there is a place where he placed the husband. No, I didn't say the man. The husband. His children. There's a place where he placed the parents. You can see. You can analyze. You can do everything and talk, but you cannot. That's not your area. When God, God gives grace for what he tells you to do. So his first mistake was intrusion. That's the first manifestation of pride. You start intruding. Your ideas, you know, your ideas is the idea that everybody must have. Because you are the planner, the executioner, the overseer, the underseer, the, you are everything. So one of the places of humility is learning to know your place and to make sure that you can give your ideas and all that, but you give your ideas submissively. This is what I think. And any, anybody that is leading will say, yeah, 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 come on. This is what I'm thinking. But you know what? I'm, I am subject to whatever you think. I'm subject to whatever decision you make. But this is what I think. And any good leader should be able to take all ideas and say, no. But you don't say that. And then if it is not done, then you start to rebel. Number two. Thing he did. Let's go on. So in, in, intrusion was the first one. The second one. So Azariah the priest went in after him. That, king was, that priest was trying to save him. Because the guy knows the danger. Went after him. An anti-priest. You know, going after this guy. Valiant men. They said they were strong men. Coming after him. King, no, 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 don't do this. And they withstood him. And said to him, it's not for you, Uzziah, to burn against to the Lord. For, but for the priest, the sons of Aaron. Because it's specifically said in the book of Leviticus, only the sons of Aaron must do this. Who are considered to burn incense? Get out of the sanctuary. Your authority does not extend to this. Get out. Somebody needs to get out of the place where your authority does not extend to. Get out. That's not your place. Your place is where your authority is. Get out of it. He said, for you have trespassed. When you trespass, that you have come to what a place where it is not yours, right? When you say no trespassing. Do you get what I'm saying? You shall have no honor from the Lord. Then Uzziah became furious. So his next problem was rather than him accepting that I was wrong, he moved to what is called intransigence. Intransigence is like, mm, I'll do whatever I want to do. He's been obstinate. And then he moved to intemperance because he became very angry. And he had a sign in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priest, he became very angry. So what usually happens is that when people intrude, right, and they are called out, they become angry. And they start talking. Or they start fighting. They move to that level. Then the next thing, the next P. So he moved to pride. You know, he said from piety to prosperity to power to Then he moved to pride. Then he moved to punishment. Punishment. So he did what he wanted to do. Verse 20. Verse 20. And Azariah, the sheep priest, and all the priests looked at him. And there on his head, he was leprous. So they thrust him out of that place. Indeed, he also hurried to get out. <laughs> He's like, hey. <laughs> he hurried to get out. Because the Lord has struck him. It got to of another kind. King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. And he dwelt in an isolated house. So isolation. Intrusion, right? Intransigence, intemperance, isolation. Because he was a leper, for he was cut off from the house of God. Then Jotam, his son, was king over his house, judging the people of the land. Then he died. Silence, he died. And then Isaiah said, in the year that King Uzziah died, <laughs> I saw that, Lord. <laughs> so the first point, you see the Lord 
and learn the lesson of humility by looking what? How to work. So the background of that vision of Isaiah was that in the kingdom then at that time, everybody was talking about this great king who was mighty but who died because of pride. And Isaiah, you see, when something happens around you, I'm not going to have some news before, and you'll be like, eh, that would have been me. Because I am doing the same thing. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> so Isaiah looked outwards. And he saw the, a tragic hand to greatness. He's, he, the lesson of humility began to come to him. That if somebody can start well and be helped by God and be used by God, just like I am being used by God to prophesy and to woe everybody. <laughs> if I don't work on myself, I'm going to go the same way that Uzziah went. So that drove Isaiah to seek the Lord. <laughs> he took a pause from prophecy. <laughs> took a pause from prophecy and said, let, let us deal with this issue. So, and God is very great. Let me say God is great. When you come to him, he will teach you. So the next thing is God taught him humility by teaching him to look upwards. Go low by looking what? By looking upward. The first one is outward. See what happens when people are not working in humility. They have no counsel. They have no guide. They have nothing. See what happens. Then learn humility by looking what? Look at that. It says, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending with mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings, you know, on, his, on their faces and so on. Uh, the holy, holy, day, you know, they were saying all that. So, God allowed him to see his majesty. You see, this is one of the things that will help you and help all of us to be humble. Is when we see God as he is. When we see him as he is. So what did he see? He had a God show. But God was, God was working on his character. I'm saying that it's a character aspect to this God show that we're talking about this year. God was working on his character. What did God allow him to see? First of all, Isaiah was seeing an empty throne from Uzziah's throne that was vacated. But God allowed him to see a filled throne with a real king. Isaiah saw a human king. And that human king represented somebody who was raised by God but became proud. That was what he was seeing. But God allowed him to see a king that can never be dethroned. They said, what Isaiah saw, listen. They said, what Isaiah saw, he saw the, 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 the seraphims and they said the seraphims were covering their eyes and covering their legs. Now, the, chera, the, chera, uh, sorry, the seraphims in the Bible are some of the mightiest angels. In fact, they are always described as the ones that stand in the presence of God. They are even bigger than all these archangels that go all those ways. They are, they are the ones in the they are with God all the time. But you say even those ones, right? Whenever they are in the presence of God, they cover their eyes and their feet. It's a sign of humility. He saw a God that the greatness inspired humility even with the mightiest of creatures. In other words, they were there. They, 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 they couldn't even look. They, they just said, holy, 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 holy. That's the God that we're talking about. God was doing something in his life. He saw a God with a mighty army. He said, a lot of us, a mighty army. Incomparable to the army that Uzziah had. He saw a God that inspired praises and awe. In other words, he didn't have to say, praise me. Just, you know, when you're in the presence of God, listen, you know, we wind ourselves to praise God. Say, praise God. Say, praise the Lord. Praise God. When you see God, it's like your body will just start praising. Your mouth will just start. 
Oli, 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 Oli. Even me, I'll start singing like Shola. <laughs> when I sing God, I mean, I'm telling you, when I sing God, I will sing very well. <laughs> Are you guys getting what I'm saying? God does not command, like when you're with him, say, oh, praise. No, he inspires praises. <laughs> Your entire being will just start praising. Because when you look at him, you know, you know when, you see, when you see something, just say, who just go into the mountains and whatever, like just see some places on the earth, it's like something just, one all will just come upon you. How about the one that created everything? He inspires what? Praises. That's the God we're talking about. That's the God who's to do the God show on our behalf. Amen. So Isaiah was learning humility by looking at God. Then the last thing, he saw a God who had control on all of creation. And if effect, he saw the places shaking, he saw the building filled with smoke, and he said the whole earth is full of his glory. So it's like this king is majestic. Something is happening in Isaiah's life. He's beginning to see himself truly as he is. Then the next thing, because of my time, go low by looking inward. Go low by what? By looking inward. The next thing Isaiah did. So he looked outward, he saw Isaiah. He looked upward, he saw God. Then the next thing is he looked inward. Go to please. He looked inward. And then he said about himself, wow. I saw what I saw outside. I see what I see with God. This is, this is, he begins, you know, he begins to see a, a true estimation of himself. You see, God will first of all give you a true estimation of yourself in yourself before he starts to show you true estimation, the way it can make you. You need to recognize it. Amen? First of all, that you are limited by yourself. But in Christ, you are unlimited. Are you listening to me? But you need to get to know that this God show is not going to be because of your smartness. It's not going to be because of your abilities. It's not going to be because of your connections. It's not going to be because of your strategies. It's not going to be because of your planning. It's not going to be because of your us-like behavior. It's only going to be because God is going to do it through you as you are willing, as you are yielded, as you are submitted to his will. By looking inwards. Next verse. He says, <laughs> Woo! I'm just excited. Did they, did they get it? Then I said, It's all over. <laughs> Everybody say, It's all over. You see, when you get the revelation of God, you will tell yourself, It's all over. It's all over. I'm not doing this by myself anymore. I can never get this done. What God is going to do through your life this year, you can never get it done by yourself. Because if you can get it done by yourself, you don't need God. So, listen, if those debts that are standing in front of you, you can't get it done. That's why they've been growing since you've been paying it. But I say there's a God who is going to go beyond you and get it done. Don't look at yourself. Look at your God. Don't tell. Don't tell. I mean, how did they say it? They said, don't tell the, 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 don't tell God, thank you, about your mountain. Tell your mountain about your God. Tell those death about your God. Stop going to God and say, God, this death is big. This death is great. This issue is great. No, no, no. Go to those issues and tell them, my God is great. My God is mighty. He shook the, 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 the temple. He shook all of creation. His glory fills all of creation. That's the God that is going to raise me. That's going to fulfill my ministry. That's going to fulfill his calling. That's going to show me. He showed this year. He's a mighty God. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Essie. Amen. God show. You know, listen, you guys like that, but do it. Can you talk to God about the job market? Can you talk to the job market in Chicago about your, about your God? Talk to the job market and say, you have to give me a job. Because my God is the one that created everything. He created the physics, the economy, the government, the everything. There's a place for me. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and everything in it. The, 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 the cattle upon a thousand hills belong to him. All the animals of the field belong to him. The silver and the gold are mine. Everything belongs to him. He's my father and I'm a heir of God. Chicago, you have a place for me. The lines are falling unto me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. My God is great. 
Speak the greatness of God over your children. Speak the greatness of God over your businesses. Speak the greatness of God over your body. Speak the greatness of God over all your affairs. God is able to give you a house bigger than the one that you are dreaming right now. He's able to give you a better car, better than the one that you are using right now. He's able to fulfill his calling concerning you. Hallelujah. It's all over. <laughs> I'm doomed. For I am a sinful man. The other translation says, Woe is me. So if I let on the world to himself, <laughs> even among the people with filled the lips. Everybody say, Fill the lips. So one of the aspects of humility is learning to allow your lips to align with the way God speaks, with God's words. Many of our uncleanliness comes from our unclean speaking. The way we've been speaking about other people, the way we've been speaking about ourselves, the way you've been speaking about your money, the way you've been speaking about everything, it's what is called the causing the uncleanliness. The Bible tells us that the tongue is a little member, but it defiles the whole body. So if you can take charge of your tongue, if God can take charge of your tongue, he can take charge of your life. And that's what God did to him. Hallelujah. The next one. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go low by looking crossword. I have one more. Have us a crossword. <laughs> Not crossword person. <laughs> Look towards the cross. Go to the passage quickly. So the next thing that happened is that one of the to me with a burning coal, he has taken the altar, a pair of tongues. He touched my lips with his and said, see, the coal has touched your lips. Now, guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. The tradition says your sins are atoned for. That was a symbol of the atonement that was going to happen in Christ. That when people come to Christ, right, and they acknowledge themselves for who they are, and then they look towards the cross, God makes you his righteousness. No matter what you have done before. No matter what has happened. Amen. And listen, one, one thing that happens when you look towards the cross is that you stop looking towards yourself. I just want to say something to you all. A lot of people are struggling with guilt in this place. Some people, you know, we're talking to someone. The person said, I love, you know, I just love the energy. I love the way you guys are talking. But I just feel that it's not for me. He said, I think it's not for me because I have certain things that I have done. And I have certain things that I am doing. That every time they are sharing all these things, I just say, I don't think that's for me. Oh, no, that's a lie of the devil. The devil has taught you to believe that the reason why you qualify for things is because of what you have done and what you cannot do. Do you know that the biggest thing that you can ever receive in this world is your salvation? And the Bible says, for so by grace you are saved. It's not of your work. Let any man should boast. The best thing you can have in this world is your righteousness before God. And God says that that righteousness is of him. That your righteousness is like filthy rags. He has made him to be sin for you. Wouldn't you know sin? That you might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Are you listening to me? Even to live holy is a gift. You first of all accept your righteousness. And the righteousness will start to work from within you. To sanctify you. To get you better and 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 better. All the days of your life. Until you eventually enter heaven when you experience glorification. You start with salvation. You move to sanctification. Then you move to glorification. Are you getting what I'm saying? Tell your, tell, tell your neighbor, I'm a work in progress. But I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you have received Jesus, you know, and you are hearing me or watching me, if you have received Jesus, you are the righteousness of God. You are qualified for the God show. You are qualified for the God show. Your humility is to accept what the cross has done. Lift your hands and say, I accept what you have done. You know, I love this hymn. Some of you might know the hymn. It's called When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. I'm going to be another hymn. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died, my richest gain I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my Lord. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow, mingle down. Did ever such a love and sorrow meet? 
of thorns composed so rich a crown where the whole realm of nature mine that were a, that were a present too small love so amazing so divine demand my soul my life my all when i look at the cross i know that the only boasting that i have is the cross everything i have is by grace the god show is by grace all i need to do is just position myself in humility to accept what grace has done somebody say amen, amen. finally go low by looking call word call word I, you know i crafted two words there put it in your english dictionary by looking what so listen, so when Isaiah, God showed him, he looked outward, he saw Uzziah. He looked upward and he saw God. That marked him. He looked inward and saw himself the way he was. Then he looked crossward and saw what God can do with the kind of person that he was. That God can redeem him. Then the next thing is, God said, the reason why I'm doing all this thing is because I really, really want you to be a show for me. So what did God say? Whom shall I send? I have the voice of the Lord saying. Please, could you use, use, use the scripture instead of my note so that they can see it louder. 6 from 7 to 13. Who shall I send? Verse, verse 8. Hallelujah. Then I had the Lord asking, whom shall I send as a messenger to these people? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am, What? So, you see, the next mark and teaching humility is that when God speaks to you this year, when God speaks to you and he says, do anything, what do you do? Say, here I am. Be available. Be available. Don't be one of the unavailable ones. It's a sign of pride when the one that made you has certain works to be done on the earth and you are one of the unavailable ones. But it's a sign of humility when you're always available. Who? God is always asking, who am I going to send? Who am I going to send to those kids on the street? Who am I going to send to the nations? Who am I going to send to the south side, to the north side? Who am I going to send to the lawyers? Who am I going to send to the doctors? Who am I going to send? Who am I going to send to the financial industry? Who am I going to send to the orphans? Who am I going to send? Who? Isaiah said, here I am. And listen, something important about the call, if you go... Isaiah, you know, sometimes, you know, most of us, when we want to receive a call from God, the reason why this is humility, because we think that whenever God calls you, he's going to call you to something very glamorous. How many of you would like to receive this kind of ministry that Isaiah received? And I'm going to end with that. How many of you would like to? Let's see the ministry. The first thing about the ministry is that the people that I'm going to send you to, verse 9, the people that I'm going to send you to, they will not understand. Go tell these people, be ever hearing, but you never understand. Be ever seeing, you never perceive. Never perceive them. Number one, they won't understand. It's like God say, I'm, I'm sending you to be in the choir, but the people are not going to worship. I'm sending you to start a small group, but some of the people that you are going to be leading, they will be running away. You set up the, what do you call it? The small group thing. And there are supposed to be 30 people or 20, 15 people that are going to come. And two of them will start strolling in at 7.30 when it's supposed to start at 7. How many of you would like to receive such a call? It takes humility. Okay, now look at the next thing that's going to happen to the call that the God is sending in. Verse 10. Verse 10, quickly. I'm going to say, make the heart of these people callous. <laughs> make their heads dull. Close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes. They won't even see what you're saying. Or understand what they are. The next one, they, they, you know, you will preach and they will even be healed. Next one. So, <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> I will do it. You know, maybe that's what I should have asked God in 2005. When he was saying, go and start to see light. And he was showing me all those big, big visions. I should have said, Lord, for how long? Pastor, maybe, you know. We should have said it then in that hotel. How long? He won't say 15, that 15 years, 16. He won't say, you know, for how long? I love, I desire very clear, how long? <laughs> he answered, until the city's like ruined and without inhabitant, until the houses are left deserted. Look, what kind of ministry is that? I'm a preacher and everybody's going to die. 
and everything will be in ruins. What kind of ministry is that? Everything is ravaged. But God said 12, verse 12, until the Lord has sent everyone far away. In other words, the people <laughs> scattered. And the land is utterly forsaken. Verse 13. That's the last. And though a tent remains in the land, it will again be laid waste. But as the terrapin and oak leaf stumps, where they are cut down, so the holy seed, that's Jesus, will be the stump in the land. So what you are going to be doing right now will not be glamorous. But I'm promising you that if you are faithful with it, through your prophecies, through what you are doing, unto us a son is born, unto us a child is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. All those prophecies of Isaiah that you read about, God was telling him, you're not going to have that glamorous thing that you're thinking right now, but there's something about that thing that is going to last for eternity. So go ahead and do what I've called you to do. And I'm here to announce to you today also that God is going to give you some assignment. You're going to usher. You're going to carry some trash. Work on some buildings. They're going to do some things that are not glamorous. Sometimes people are not going to appreciate you for it. People are not going to see what you are doing. But I'm here to announce you, to announce to you that that thing is significant. You don't need anybody to tell you that it's significant. You are doing something significant. And that thing is going to outlast you. People are going to be talking about it. Get ready to be in humility this year. To accept the assignment of God for your life. No matter what it tells you to do. And you will see the glory of the Lord. Stand up on your feet, everybody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody say after me, say this year, I am going to live in humility. Because it's my God show. I am going low for the God show. I will not intrude. I will not be intransigent. I will not be intemperate. I will not be lifted up in my heart. And I will make sure that I do this through the grace of God by looking outwards and seeing the reward of humility and seeing the, and see the punishment of pride by looking upwards and seeing God high and lifted up that God is greater than all. God is greater than me. God is greater than all my circumstances. I will look inward and I will acknowledge that I can do all things through Christ but I cannot do it by myself. Hallelujah. I will rejoice in my weaknesses. But where I am weak, there God is strong. I will look crossward. My hope is in the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm not looking for my perfection. I'm not looking to the ability of myself to live right. I'm looking to the righteousness of God. Christ is going to lift me up. Christ is going to help me this year to live in his will. And I know who I am in Christ. I'm going to focus on who I am in Christ. I'm going to boast about the cross. And I'm going to look all words. Whatever he tells me to do, I'm going to do it. To join the dream team. To join the small groups. To do the leading life. To do the growth track. To serve in any department. To go to any nation. To go anywhere. Even if it doesn't make sense to me, I know God has an ultimate goal. Thanks for listening to The Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.